Mike, are you ready? I'm ready. Gabe, you are ready? He gave us the green light. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to uh, Glass Half Sports. I am Nick Huffman. It is October 20, oh, yeah, 28th. 28th. Holy smokes. Every time I come in here, I just assume that it's going to be earlier in the year, and it's not. I'm losing days before I can even blink. Um, welcome back. Uh, as always, glad to have you. As I said earlier, we have a Mike Mensing sighting today, folks. He is back with us. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing well. What uh, what you be been up to? Studio. Um, just coaching football quite a bit. Uh, high school football. Um, Letting kickers rip off 50 yard tutters. Yeah, we had a kicker score a 50 yard touchdown on a bubble in a JV game last week. Uh, that was probably the highlight of my year so far. So we're yeah. uh, we're starting playoffs. Um, we had a first round bye in sections. Um, we have Cambridge Isanti. Nice. Come into our our place on Saturday, and then um, if we're fortunate to get past them, it'll be um, Elk River or Duluth East for the Section Seven Five A title. Nice. You guys think you're gonna walk away with state this year? We, I would say we have a good team um, with some good players, and I think that we're well coached. Um, but there's some good teams out there as well. Mike says they're well coached because he he's thinks they're the coaching well coached. <laughs> I, 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 I think uh, our I think our head coach is kind of a football genius. It's kind of uh, kind of ridiculous what I, the wow. guy comes up with. I think so. the guy who produces the show is a genius. I would agree. Who produces our show? I would absolutely agree. <laughs> no, Gabe is back there. Gabe is a genius. Existential crisis or not, that is true. Um, so, guys, if you like the energy, feel free to uh, like, share, follow, and subscribe on what platforms, Mike? Um, we are on Twitter again. We're back on Twitter. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Spotify. That's right. Uh, eventually, one day, maybe Patreon. And if they miss the show today, Mike, where can you find it? Yeah, you can catch us on MCN 6 at 1 o'clock on Saturdays. Um, that is cable. Yeah, and on Fridays, 7, 8. And on Fridays. Look at that. Two days a week now. Yeah, we are. We're a rapidly growing show. And um, big shout out to the guys that we should be working with here in shorthand, Notoriety Sports Network. You'll be able to find us over there as well as we become part of uh, their 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 sports broadcasting network excited to work with those guys um what do we got going on for the show today mike and do you think it's going to be a good show uh i'm actually very excited for the show um i was really bummed that i had to miss last week because there were some things that i wanted to talk about but uh that's that's the world of sports right it just kind of <laughs> keeps moving so mike had a bye week last week. i had a bye week last week so um we're going to talk about the vikings now as they were on a bye week as well that's right. uh so there's no then segment for the vikings uh we're going to do our week seven nfl takeaways our week eight sneak peek. Um, we have to do our wild wolf watch. Yeah, you weren't around for the introduction of that. I segment, was not. But we get but to I'm break excited into... to get going. Yeah. Um, you're not going to like my attitude on the wolves, even though they're sitting at three and one. Mike said that they're a playoff team, so we'll see what he says now. I mean, do you believe me at least now? <laughs> Maybe. You see what I was seeing? Stick uh, around. You'll find out about the We got to do our big money pick of the week as well. Yep. And for then our class half topic of the day. Yeah, which we will be getting into uh, some touchy Tua Deshaun Watson stuff. Yeah, it's what a odd situation. There's some right? weird stuff going on right now in that, the world of sports. The man. world is a weird place. Yeah, but uh, we can kick right on off with the uh, Minnesota Vikings now segment since uh, there is no then coming off the bye. We are going to have uh, Dallas coming up this week. But Mike, uh, before we get into that, uh, what do you think the state of the team was kind of headed into the bye last week, and what do you think the approach from the coaching staff should have been as a coach yourself? Um, you know I. I felt like it was another game that we couldn't close the game, yep. which is extremely frustrating. Um, you know, the Panthers pretty much did nothing all game, and then all of a sudden they rip off two fourth downs and a 96-yard touchdown drive. Yeah. Um, extremely frustrating as a fan. 
but hopefully you know what what you can take out of that game that's a good thing is you are in these close games and you are winning them you're pulling them out you weren't earlier you are Um, now so that's just experiences you get down the stretch you know those last four or five weeks of the regular season into playoffs usually those games are pretty close pretty tight down to the wire um so hopefully we're learning how to win those close games now um but man it's uh like for me with thinning hair, I'm going bald faster watching the Vikings play this year. Dude, cardi- cardiac Kirk and the boys. Jesus Christ. Every game. Every game. I mean, and I, I feel like that's the state of the NFL now, right? Like I feel like all season long. It's, include- it's either really, really close or a or fucking an absolute blowout. blowout. It's, uh, it's been kind of a weird NFL season thus far. Yeah, and uh, so we've got Dallas coming in, which I think, you know, coming off that overtime victory against uh, the New England Patriots, Bill Belichick always has a very soundly coached defensive team. So for Dak to be able to draw up literally the same play that they were offsides on, you know, three plays earlier and hit CeeDee uh, Lamb for that touchdown, they're probably going in a little bit of an emotional high. Um, I personally am hoping that maybe they're resting on their laurels and uh, the Vikings will be able to rip off an easy dub. But with... Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard kind of being the, the 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 ground floor of which the rest of this offense is built off of. Uh, I think that they are a, a a force to be reckoned with. I'm not going to quite say yet that they're the the real deal, right? I don't necessarily think that they're a Super Bowl contender. They're they're very evidently a playoff team, but that might just be because the rest of their division is absolute dog water. Right. But um, you know, what is your thoughts on on having to see them? You know, both coming off a of bye, knowing that. Zim, as a head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, has a three and three and four record coming off the bye. I don't think the bye week factors in as much when both teams come off the bye. Okay, right. Um, it's a little different when you're in the groove and you're playing every week, and then you're going in to face a team that's coming off the bye. Mm-hmm. Um, both teams coming off the bye. It's basically just more time for these teams to get healthy. You know, do we see Dak Prescott, who's been nursing a calf injury? The rumor is he's going to play. He's going to be fine. Was limited at practice on both Monday, Tuesday, and, and Wednesday. Pretty normal, though. Yeah, honestly. Um, like with a with a guy like that who's been in the league for years, veteran presence, knows the offense like the back of his hand. Yeah, he doesn't really need a hundred percent of the physical reps Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. No. There's no reason for that. Um, so that doesn't surprise me too much that he was held out of practice for those three days. Um, I would expect to see Dak. Um, the worry that I have is the loss of Michael Pierce or not having Michael Pierce. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Armand is Watson, he going to play? He is not going to play. I don't think that's going to be a t- that's going to be um, tough. And the Cowboys love to do stuff between the tackles with those two backs. Yeah, um, they have a good blocking scheme. They they mix it up between zone and man blocking. Um, what I'm fearful of is Armand Watts did play very well against Carolina. He did. I will give him his credit there. Um, the man-to-man blocking scheme that the Cowboys do, their uncovered linemen can get to linebackers very quickly, Yeah, which leaves your D-linemen in one-on-one matchups. Michael Pierce is you have has to made put two a bodies career. On. He's made a career on beating one-on-one matchups, Absolutely. right? Um, and causing havoc in the run and pass game. I, I'm a little fearful that the Cowboys are just going to kind of chunk us on the ground, which is going to force us to basically come down and try to stop the run. Yeah. And then Patrick Peterson is out as well with the weapons that they have on the outside. So 
I don't think that our offense will struggle against their defense. Not really worried about that. Maybe don't throw at Trayvon Diggs. Maybe throw at Trayvon Diggs as one of the guys that uh, gives up more yards than anybody. In... I mean, if you're, if you're <laughs> referring to the play against the Patriots, though, that was a miscommunication. He should have had safety help over the top. He's just aggressive. Like, he, he I've... Everybody wants to crown him Dion. I very much see him more as Marcus Peters. Like he's gonna have stretches where he jumps and sits on routes, and he's gonna get a lot of picks. He's also gonna give up a lot of plays. It, I think it's just a numbers game when you go after him. I mean, I would agree. Just being that aggressive, right? Like right. you, you set yourself up for possibly getting burned. And we do have two of the better route running receivers in the NFL, and in, guys in that my have, opinion, guys that have proven they can make the double move. So if he right. does want to sit on something, right. Then you got to factor in, will Kirk have time for the deep double move downfield? I would say which yes. Which he has had all year. Yeah. Um, but this Cowboys D-line is pretty decent. They bring a decent pass rush. They like to bring pressure as well. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm not scared of them, <laughs> but I'm going to be watching this game quite intently. Yeah, me too. I think it's going to be a good measuring stick for the Vikings. And I know... Guys like Dalvin Cook come out and say, oh, they got to play the Vikings too. You're right, but now you got to go out and prove it. Like the only two like good teams that they have faced this year, it came down to the wire and they lost, right? So now you got to get, and we talked about this, um, you know, two weeks ago about how you got to get off on the right foot. This is a home game. It is in prime time. It's going to be on Halloween weekend. U.S. Bank is going to be rocking. So you should have full tilt home field advantage you know, coming into the game this week. And then I think one of the keys is going to be, you know, can you lean on that screen game? They are going to bring pressure upfield. Zim mentioned it in his presser, how they like to get upfield. Um, drop Dalvin underneath. Drop Conklin, you know, on a tight end screen. Throw those those uh, those shallow crossing routes to guys like K.J. Osborne, who could be super involved, just to keep those defensive linemen honest from having to come upfield. That'll take some pressure off guys like Derisaw, um, who is probably going to see an, a, a, a better level of pass rush than what he's familiar to seeing as he begins to work in here because uh, he could get lined up over a guy like Mark, Micah Parsons, who they have been sliding down to the defensive end position, who is a quick pass rush off the edge. Now, I'm definitely not a Cowboys fanboy, but it's uh, I believe the right end that Christian Jarrett will see is Dexter Lawrence. Is that correct? I don't know if he's going to play this week. He has been out with an injury. Okay. Um. So, and that's why they've been sliding Micah Parsons down onto the def defensive line. Yeah, but I, I feel like I've seen him on the defensive left more. Potentially, just because of where he's more comfortable, yeah. yeah. So that, that I think, is going to be one of the keys on the offensive side of the ball. On the defensive side of the ball, you mentioned how they like to do things between the tackles, and as you were talking about that, I wanted to go back to kind of what we discussed with the Browns. We do have a lot of depth, minus the departure of Stephen Weatherly. Could you not use this as an opportunity, especially with how well Everson Griffin probably knows that offense from spending some time in Dallas, to slide him down to the inside and allow a guy like Patrick Jones or insert a guy like Sheldon Richardson who should be getting some play this week uh, or one of the other young defensive ends that they have faith in to fill out that defensive front and not have to worry so much about, hey, is Zeke going to go 4-4-4 four, four, four first down, 4-4-4 four, four, four first down all game long and hold serve? I, I would like Griff on the edge. Um, first, let's answer our, our fan <laughs> question here. Uh, Producer Gabe says, good route runner always sounds like a consolation prize. Would you rather have a terrific route runner or a raw talent? Terrific route runner. Personally, I would probably have a terrific route runner. Um, raw talent is, you know, a pure athlete, yeah. in, in my opinion, right? Not every pure athlete can get down to the small little intricacies of 
playing, especially the receiver position. Um, being a good route runner, you can be an above average athlete and create separation just with how you step oh, and yeah. uh, push off with with a little chicken wing here or there. Yep. Um, you know, Adam Thielen is the definition de- definitely uh, an above average athlete. I wouldn't say he's one of the better athletes in the NFL, um, but he is the definition of r- what route running can do um, in creating separation downfield. So personally, I would rather have a terrific route runner. Yeah. I mean, look at the difference between a guy like Percy Harvin, which was truly just pure raw athletic talent and a guy like, you know, um, like Chris Carter or, or Adam Thielen or, or guys that have had these elongated 70 catch careers as the third, you know, the third receiver because they can get separation and they're just, you know, they're going to be there to get TJ Huzmanzada made a career out of that. Right. You know what I mean? So yes, um, definitely a, a route runner over, so over Roger. Can uh, I cut, sorry. Can I yeah. cut in quickly? Um, first of all, I'd rather have, I'd rather have Percy Harvin without his head issues than Thielen. I don't know about that either. Just because he was, and, and that's fine, Gabe. You'd just be wrong. <laughs> really, you think so? Yes. So I, I guess you know uh, what I was asking with that because I thought Mike, you might have some insight as a quarterback too, and I don't know enough about the way that, um, the way that our passing offense works here because, um, I can see that if you run like timing kind of routes and stuff like that, you know, that having precise route running would matter a lot more. What do we do? Um, it's a lot of it's a lot of play action and timing stuff. Um, okay. A lot of crossers um, where you have to avoid, you know, under Sam over Mike as you're as you're crossing the yep. the field. Um, what what I think of as a route runner too is not necessarily always being precise on the exact line that you need to be on. It's um, being able to freelance and get to the spot that you need to through traffic, um, and that's something that both Jefferson and Thielen do quite well. Yeah, and honestly, yeah, KJ Osborne. Is has been really good at it. Has been uh, performing quite well as well. I think I just think of it differently because to me it sounds like a compliment that I would have got in high school <laughs> from the coach. Like, well, you know, hey, Gabe, you're a really good route runner at least. And I'd be like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, like it would. Well, and know. the other thing is, especially for this offense, you have to take the quarterback that's throwing the ball into consideration. Kirk necessarily isn't going to chuck the ball up to a guy, no matter how talented he may be or how athletic he may be. Take Stefan Diggs for example. You know what I mean? He is the definition of – now, he is a fantastic route runner, but he is a top-level athlete at the wide receiver position. He saw less targets because Kirk isn't necessarily prone to giving that ball up. Kirk wants to see that there that, that separation is going to be there so he can put it in a spot where the receiver can go get it. Right. So I think it's also a product of the offense would, or the I quarterback. Agree. I would agree. Um, that's why Stefan Diggs fits very well with Josh Allen and his big arm. And he's just going to lay it up, yeah. like put it up there for him to go get it. Yep. Um, so back to your question, though. I would personally keep Griff on the edge. Okay. Um, let Armand Watts, you know, he did have a good game against Carolina. Give him a shot, you know. We just, I mean, you're not going to sit a guy after probably the best game of his career. Discounting Sheldon Richardson? What is his – where is he going to – is he going to get in? I don't know. He's – How odd is it that we're well, not seeing him? You know, what's funny is I would – I would rather see Armand Watts and a mixture of James Lynch. James Lynch is also very talented. Um, so we're, I, I I think we're in a decent spot for yep. missing Michael Pierce. You know, we're going to put some big, strong bodies in the middle. Um, but it's basically whether or not they can beat their one-on-one matchups. I would agree. And then uh, what about Cameron Dantzler? Now, he's going to – they say that – and every all the coaches have said it. Coming into this week, he looks like he's a little bit more locked in. He looks like he's a little bit more focused. I think some of it is he did get COVID, which is what has – I think somewhat um, 
affected his ability to get rolling this season. He's going to have to fill in for Patrick Peterson. And, you know, while is it, is it Galloway that they just got back? Uh, this week was back at practice. They've got, you know, Amari Cooper, Cooper CeeDee Lamb. He's going to be a focal point. I know for a fact that Dak is going to go out there and target him, um, you know, as, as two Mississippi uh, State alums. And and a guy who hasn't played a ton this year, do you think he's got it in him to, you know, suffice and the improvement in Brashad Breeland going to be enough to shut down the explosive pass game? So it's not it's not a question of whether or not you shut it down. You have to slow it down. Yeah. Um, and I think that, that that's actually one of the main reasons why I would not move Griff down either. Um, you need Griff and Daniil to, to be pass rush. to be uh, creating pressure on Dak. Yep. Um, a lot of play action game. So we just need to get up the field with our ends, in my opinion, and collapse that pocket because Dak will run on you as well. Yeah. Um, well, we'll see how mobile he is with how his calf is feeling. But I'm sure I would be, be willing to bet, though, you're not going to notice anything wrong with him. I would agree. So um, now let's get a prediction for this game real quick. But then I wanted to talk to you about an opportunity that we may have missed. Okay. Uh, over the bye week. What do you think uh, the, the result of this game is going to be? I'm going to say Vikings 27, Dallas 24. I'm going to go old school. Are you ready? When the, the last time that the Vikings played the Cowboys, and I think it was like 2009, what was the score? Oh, that was, was that the playoff game? It was the Park? playoff game. It wasn't like 38-7. It was like 30-3 to late yeah. in the fourth quarter. Yeah. That's my pick. 30 to 3. Yep. You think we just kill them? It should be a waxing. You have had two weeks to prepare. So, have on, they. Uh, Dak has been hurt. There are other. Dallas is very different than Minnesota. They are a front runner right now. They understand that. We are not. The most dangerous animal in any room is the one that's backed into a corner. That is who the Minnesota Vikings need to be. And I think they're going to come out and show it. Dalvin Cook, big game. Adam Thielen, big game. And Daniel Hunter with two. Ev with three. Five sacks between our defensive ends. An absolute ass-whooping on Halloween in the bank. Is, is Tevin here? Someone needs to bring Nick back down to earth. <laughs> no, but he's rushing in now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, that's what I got. Now, as for the opportunity that we may have missed over the bye week, there is a team in the South that we're going to talk about at the end of the show. When is the trade deadline? It's six days away. Six days so next Tuesday, is that right? I believe so. Okay. So over the next six or over the bye week, we knew that P uh, Patrick Peterson was going to be going on IR. Not a ton of faith in in Cam Chancellor, but this team with this guy is one in five, and are looking like they're getting ready to do a hard ass reset with the stagnancy all over that roster right now. Why did the Vikings not go out and address potentially trying to get his Avian Howard? Welcome to Minnesota sports, man. When was the last time we really made a splash move? Like, At the deadline. Like Never. In, well, in any sport. Ever. Like, that's Never. why there's so much speculation that Ben Simmons is coming to the team. No, he's not. <laughs> no, he's, we, we're a Minnesota sports team. We're not. We're you not better gonna, knock on fucking wood that. right now. No. But I mean, look at this. The guy is, I've, is. I've been around for too long. Gabe, you can probably attest to this. No Minnesota sports team is going to go make a great move. In the middle of the season. That's true. No, we make mediocre moves and then act like they're great moves. <laughs> yeah. That's and then in the offseason, we sign a guy that you, like, might have heard of. Yeah. And we're like, we're just really excited about this guy. Why? Why are you? 
why are you really excited about this guy? I, I would agree. But this is something, this was an opportunity missed, I feel like. Because if you were telling me that over the trade deadline, you could have gone to the Dolphins, or if I was the Vikings and you were the Dolphins, and knowing the situation that you're in, and I would have went, I'll give you a Cameron Dantzler. I'll give you a second this year and a fifth next year. That guy, it does not have any, it's a, it's a rental. We would have to re-sign him on our cap because he's going to hit free agency next year. Would you have pulled the trigger as the Dolphins front office? Get a young player. I mean, if I'm the Dolphins front office, is is it me as the Dolphins front office, oh, yeah. or am I trying to pretend to be the inept Dolphins front office? <laughs> Either or, is I fine probably with me. would do that because you don't have you're not making the playoffs. You have nothing. You're not making the playoffs. The cupboards you. are bare as in Miami, uh-huh. so you need draft picks. You need draft capital, um, which they're good at flipping. Yeah, I mean, they play for a year and then they trade them away. Laramie Tunsil. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's always fun to talk, you know, trade speculation. But and whether or not I would love Xavier Howard in purple and gold would be yes. I'll check it out. Yeah, exactly. So Jake Larson says we always get guys who are great but are on their way out of the league. Exactly. You know, look at the Twins. We always get guys who are five years past their prime. Josh Patrick, Donaldson. Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson. <laughs> you know what I mean? Last mid-season trade, not signing. Uh, I don't even. Gabe was asking us here, uh, who's the last big mid-season trade the Vikings had? I don't. I couldn't fathom a guess. The closest thing I think we ever got to that was when Teddy got hurt and we went out and got Bradford, and that didn't turn out terribly. That would probably be like pretty that would close be to the, the biggest, top of the that list. That would be the top of the list. Um, good pull. Yeah. That's a really good pull, actually. I was going to quick look it up. Because well, he, I'll he, jump on it back here if you're not. Yeah, yeah but it, it, I, I just, I think this would have been the right move for a couple of reasons. Bringing him in then would have allowed when Patrick Peterson came back to fill a less strenuous role. Like I love Mackenzie Alexander in the nickel, but I think that that's very much a a wise man's position. And I'm not saying that he's not smart because he definitely is. I mean, I think we traded Randy Moss away in the middle of the season. Yeah, I believe so too. But like, that's not good for us. No. That's that's bad for us. So I don't. Herschel Sorry. Walker. Uh, I think that was off season. Off season. That but, was off season, and that turned out to be the reason the Cowboys had a ninety <laughs> dynasty. So I don't know if that worked out for us well either. But it it would have allowed Pat P to get into that role where he'd have been able to play that veteran nickel role, very reminiscent of of Terrence Newman, and extended the back end of his career with a true lockdown shadow your best guy one, and then Brashad Breland to take care of the two. That to me takes care of your defensive secondary, and you don't. It's a set it and forget it thing then. And like I said, opportunity missed because you could have gotten him, I believe, for cheap. And I I actually wouldn't be surprised if he gets moved at the deadline. Would you? No. Like I said, the cupboards are bare in Miami. Yeah. Who knows if they're even going to have two in next week. Stick around to the end of the show. We'll talk about that. Um, Anything else on the the Vikes, Mike? Um, I just want our fans to make sure that they chime in with what they're they're thinking about the Vikings heading into the scary Halloween matchup against the Dallas Cowboys. It's going to be a spooky ass whooping for Dallas. You are. Are you okay? I am just fine. Living my best life. You didn't hit your head or anything? Nope. Like you're okay. Well, I mean, I hope the Vikings win. Cocked, locked, and ready to rock Doc. All right. We're going to move on. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like I said, uh, like Mike said, let us know what you guys think on uh, the game this weekend. Uh, always glad to hear from you. Get back to you in the comments if not during the live show. So. Our fan Jake Larson says, uh, Cowboys taking this one, fellas. LOL. Um, Jake, you may be right, but my comment back to you is, do the Cowboys fans ever think that they're not going to win a game? 
Because I'm pretty sure Cowboys <laughs> fans go into every single week saying, we got this one. We them boys. Until they're not. Like, you're like 0-3 going to play Tom Brady. It's like, we got this one. It's like, eh, I'm sorry. I'm going to say Cowboys fans are just a little off their rockers from my experience. They're great dudes. Overconfidence from the 90s. Yep, great dudes. I know much. a lot of Cowboys fans, unfortunately. but uh, I know a lot of Cowboys fans. I don't think that, that there's one game Cowboys fans go into thinking, yeah, we might not have this one. I, uh, I also know a lot of Cowboys fans that by week 13 are no longer Cowboys fans. They're yeah. Jets fans. They're Vikings fans. They're Packers fans. Oh, no, fans. I'm just a fan of the player. Yeah. No, I was just a Dak fan. He's no. not playing. Um, but we can move on. Love you, though, Jake. Thanks for watching. Yeah, always, buddy. Always, he's, we, we both know him personally, so we're going to razz him. We'll razz you, too, if you comment in and we don't know you, just because that's who we are. Um, we can move on over now to the uh, Week 7 review. Some good games, some not-so-good games, um, but let's talk about them. What do you got as your uh, first big takeaway there, Mike? My first big takeaway is Bengals versus Ravens. Yeah. Wow. So first off, our week one lost to the Bengals by three. <laughs> Impressive. Yeah, we played great. I thought we played horrible at the time, but they're now leading the AFC North. We had to go to Cincinnati oh, week one. against Baltimore now. Oh, okay. And they yeah. now have the tiebreaker. Like, that team is good, and Jamar Chase is a freaking dude. I think he's got like 700 in, I want to say 764 in seven games, which is the NFL record Yeah, for most receiving yards in seven games. Um, glad I picked him up in fantasy. Shut your mouth. But um, the Ravens. So, yes, they, they've been dealing with some injuries. A lot of injuries. But... They're so up and down. Like, they can beat yeah. a good team in prime time, and then they go play a division foe on a Sunday. At home. They at lost home. that game at home. And got whooped. 41-17, I believe, was the final score. That's called a molly whopping. Yep. It was bad. It um, was not good. And DeMar Chase had over 200 yards on him. I think that that was just them losing the war of attrition, if I'm being totally honest. Like, you got to think about... And we talk about no reset in the NFL. You got to no, go do it again next no, week. I agree. I agree. But they're losing the war of attrition now only because and we talk about this with guys like Sam Darnold. And I even, I, we're going to talk about it a little bit later with guys like Patrick Mahomes. When you're up against it, your stars have a tendency to go out and want to make plays. Now with guys like Lamar, most of the time that's going to work with guys like, you know, Hollywood Brown or, or some of the other, like the tools that they have on defense with the way that they, they mug and they bring pressure. Awesome. You're going to win the majority of those battles based on your talent level, but you're not going to win them all. And eventually you are going to force them into making some mistakes just because of the amount of pressure that sits on your key players. And when you go up against a in, incredibly well-rounded team, like the Bengals are right now, it it's going to hurt. Did you, you think you would, you were going to be saying that the Bengals were an incredibly well-rounded team seven weeks ago. We talked about it last week. I way undersold the value of that Trey Hendrickson signing yep. from the Saints. He has made the world of difference on that defensive front. Yep. Their safeties are playing well, off and, the wall. And anybody who disrespected Joe Burrow. <laughs> You're an idiot. Smoking Joe. Love that guy. He's the man. My buddy Derek was a huge LSU fan, so he kind of made me watch LSU like that whole season. And I absolutely just fell in love with him. I wasn't sold on his arm talent, but much like I think... Uh, He's a playmaker, though. I, like, for, for not being a, the athlete that, like, Kyler Murray or Russell Wilson is, he is an absolute playmaker. You know what he is? He's, he's like Case Keenum with the Vikings times three. He's Like, he's wiggly, he gets out of situations, and he just makes plays. Yeah. That's still not that good. No, 
I mean, like I said, well, I wasn't sold. Case Keenum hey, times three. We I went thought. well with the Vikings, though. We went thirteen and three. Went to the NFC Championship. He reminds me a ton of Tony Romo. Yeah, I see that comparison. Like a ton. Mm. The way he moves like a around, younger the, Tony Romo, the guy like that was going to really, give his body up, yeah. and he could still read defenses, yep. and, and, and incredibly smart, um, incredibly dedicated to his craft, and the talent that he plays for, and the opportunity that he's gotten. And I think his arm strength actually improved coming off that injury, because uh, because it was. When you can't when you can't use your legs, what do you got left, right? Like, well, and what I love about him too is just the the undeniable confidence, right? So he sits down in the in the presser after the game, right after Jamar Chase, and his first words again are, "Well, I thought he wasn't catching anything." <laughs> I think he just likes to troll the media. Yeah, he's just which is awesome. Just a large fan of that dude. Yeah, no. So that's a big win for them. Do you think they hang on to the division lead? They keep playing like this. Yeah, they're not looking back. Man, that's gonna force the Browns out of the playoffs. We're gonna talk and about that. And my Steelers prediction is looking worse and worse by the week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I had uh, Green Bay versus the Washington Football Team over the weekend. Okay, folks, I think it's time that we go back to the narrative of the Viking or the the nemesis of the Vikings. The Green Bay Packers might just be the luckiest team in NFL history. Mike, go ahead right now. Name the statement win on the Packers schedule right now, based on the teams that they've played and who we know they are now. Uh, I gotta look up their uh, their schedule here really quick. So they let's see. They lost so to the we Saints. Got Saints week one. They lost. Not a good football team. to three. Not great. They defeated the Lions. Bad team. Barely beat the Niners. Also, now with the quarterback controversy and some of the things that's coming. And that out was basically Shanahan. a lucky win too. Like, I mean, yeah. this is coming from two Vikings fans, but lucky win. Beat the Steelers, Woo-hoo. and at that time, like the Steelers are starting to come around a little bit. But at the time that they faced them, not at all. Um, got blessed with a win against the Bengals. <laughs> yep, twenty-five, twenty-two in overtime. Uh, beat the Bears. Justin Fields is horrible. Yep, and now basically squeaked by Washington. Hmm. And should Washington have won this football game? Absolutely. I don't care what you say. The fact that they called that a non-touchdown with Heineke's knee down and nobody around him is bullshit. Once he decides to become a runner and he goes head first over, you know, moving forward, somebody has to touch him down. Right. That does not mean as a defensive player that you have to dive in there and blast him that close to the goal line because you're probably not going to stop him anyways. But that should be a touchdown. And then you take into consideration that and I wasn't paying super close uh, attention to the conditions. They also lost two fumbles inside or, uh, across the 50 on the other side and gave the ball back to Green Bay. This They could have very easily well, lost mean, this game. And you just look at the future, you know, the forecast for the Packers moving forward. They don't have Devontae Adams now. Alan Lazard out. Alan Lazard is out. Aaron Jones had 19 yards rushing against Washington. So um, I think... And I hope that the Cardinals absolutely blow them out tonight. Oh, we're going to talk about that here okay. in a couple of minutes. But it's just, it's odd to me to look at a game like this and want to go, yeah, the Green Bay Packers are the cream of the crop in the NFC. I don't think anybody's saying that. Well, Aaron Rodgers gets on the Pat McAfee show every Tuesday and talks. Aaron Rodgers looks like the homeless guy that lives behind Walmart. Stop it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I have a surprise for I don't you guys. think he's showered all year. Like his hair, I swear, is getting more greasy by the by the game. He is. You want to talk about a guy that has aged rapidly? Yeah, dude, he looks like a like he looks nimble, but he looks thin 
and fragile and gr- like just gross. I don't I don't know. And this is of course coming from two Vikings fans, so not exactly objective. But I'll I'll make it clear to all of our fans too. So growing up as a Vikings fan, I I loved to hate Brett Favre. Yeah. I loved to hate him. I just despise Aaron Rodgers. I just don't like him pre as a person. Madonna. So, so yeah, all right. Let us know what you guys think on that game as well. What was your second takeaway? Um, my second takeaway was that the Chiefs are in trouble. Oh, so much trouble. They lost twenty-seven to three to the Titans. This is bad. This is what I and, and this is what I was talking about. Are they not that team now that is forcing Patrick Mahomes into making mistakes because they know that they have to that he has to make plays to keep them in ball games? I mean, so I don't want to say that the NFL has figured out how to stop them. They have not. But the NFL has figured out how to stop them. Nope. All you all you do is protect against the deep pass yep. and make them nickel and dime you down the field because they don't have a running game. Yeah, they don't. And Patrick is going to have to complete two or three balls. If he throws two or three incomplete, they're behind the sticks. And how do they not have a running game with the guys that they have on the line? Dude, I would at the beginning of the season, if you would have asked me if they would have been a top five offensive line this year, what would you have said? I would, I would say top ten. Because that's it's still incre- I think one with, of the biggest things about an offensive line is chemistry and working together. With Patrick Mahomes, though, you would assume that that would have been a recipe for success. You would you would think, you know what else I think is a big wrench in this entire team right now? What's up? Is the distraction that Jackson Mahomes and Brittany Mahomes bring to the <laughs> feed, bring to the game. Hey, if you uh, want to know what Mike's talking about, go ahead and head on over to our TikTok. I have a very interesting video posted for all of you. Like Jackson Mahomes was dancing on Sean Taylor's oh, we addressed retired last number last week. We addressed it last week. He's been getting in fights with other fans at stadiums. I think it's a huge dist- it, and Patrick Mahomes is what 25 and he owns a baseball team and like it's it's too many distractions at a certain point. Dude, he just needs to isolate and play football for a while. Yep. That's all that he needs to do because if he doesn't they're just going to continue to see more of the same. You know, the uh the meme that I saw was Aaron Rodgers talking to Patrick Mahomes and it's uh Rodgers telling Mahomes, "You know what I did? I just cut off my whole family." Hey, <laughs> we're glad that uh, Mike watched the show last week cuz that's a stolen quote for me. I mentioned the same fucking thing. Well, I watched most of it, but I missed parts here and there. I was was watching it while watching Tyler, so it's, you know, how that goes. Yeah, so not really watching. Uh, Trying to. But, uh, so yeah, let us know if you guys think you can stick a fork. Can you stick a fork in the Chiefs? Are they making the playoffs this year? I would would say not yet, but they, it is not time to relax. No. To quote Aaron Rodgers. Like, it's, it's. There should be a, a red light flashing at the Chiefs facility right now with loud alarms going off. Like, yeah. Is there a trade or a free agent that you can think of right away that I, and I've got one in mind that could help remedy this? I, I don't think he would do it, but Mar- Marshawn Lynch. I was going to say go get AP. Yeah. Same style, right? A guy that you can just line up seven yards deep in the backfield, and when you need three and get yards, four yards, yep, boom, yep. Behind that offensive line, those guys are big enough. Orlando Brown helped that team. I just don't think Daryl Williams is it. I don't either. Well, and like, and if you look at their statistics too, Tennessee was pretty run heavy, <laughs> like always. Really, Kansas City had five rushes by a running back the entire game. It's not good. 
The entire game. It's not good. That's insane. You had Chad Henney throw the ball 16 times. After I thought they had killed Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I thought he was done. But that's my second takeaway, that the Chiefs are in trouble. Yeah. Um, I've got a good one for you. Coming out of the New York Giants-Carolina Panthers game. <laughs> um, the benching of Sam Darnold just made everything that's going to happen at the deadline and through this offseason very, very interesting in the quarterback Did carousel. He got benched. He got benched. And P.J. Washington played the remainder of the game. Huh. Starts 3-0, and throws no picks. He now has eight interceptions in his last four games. Well, yeah, they started playing teams. <laughs> right. The Homer Simpson meme where he's got right. all the yeah. rubber bands. But, like, th- this is going to make the quarterback carousel super interesting. Su- like, very. Deshaun Watson doesn't have a home. Tua's not happy in Miami. Um, you got to assume that, like, there's uh, – Fitzpatrick is going to be looking for a starting role again. There, uh, You get look at guys like Nick Foles are going to be – Probably leaving the Bears. Andy Dalton's going to be looking for a home. And while these don't forget about Cam Newton. Cam Newton's going to be looking for a place to play. Who could go back to Carolina now that he's vaccinated? Whatever. But like then there's going to be rookies coming into the league. Aaron Rodgers wants to move. Ben Roethlisberger's on his way out. I'm going to make a prediction now that this is going to be the most hectic quarterback offseason in the last 20 to 25 years. And I think this was the first domino to fall because if the Panthers would have re-signed him, a lot of things can go away. But where is uh where did Deshaun Watson play college? Clemson, South Carolina. No, South Carolina. Um, now with that relation, who's the richest owner in the NFL and has been very adamant about wanting a top five quarterback? Tepper, the Panthers owner. He's the richest owner in the yes, NFL. Yes, he is. I would have thought Jerry Jones. Shame on Jerry for not, but been around the game long enough. But like this is just going to be a very very interesting. Not and another question is, does he start the rest of the season? I mean, here's the thing. So, I would say as a as a quarterback, everybody gets pulled. Everybody has a bad like throwing the football is not running the football. It is not catching the football. It's it's a different. It's, it's also not seeing thing. ghosts. It's also not seeing ghosts. It's a Sam Darnold. Reference. I know, <laughs> but it's but it's a mechanics based uh, thing, right? Like you can have bad days throwing the football. Pressure can get to you some days, and it might not get to you other days. So to see Sam Darnold pulled in one game might be the reset that he needed. I'm not saying it is. I'm just speculating. I wouldn't, like, Sam Darnold will start the next game for Carolina. They're not going to start PJ. Why not? Because Darnold is better. I don't know about that. He is. True talent-wise, Sam Darnold is a better quarterback. Darnold is better with McCaffrey, maybe. But that's a qualifier. I'd much rather have a quarterback that doesn't need one. I don't know. I'm telling you right now, Darnold is going to start the next game for the Carolina Panthers. We can argue about it all day long if you want to. And I just don't know if that's the right decision. That's... He's cooked. If he doesn't turn this around this year, and he continues to play the way he's playing, and he finishes the season with... 13 touchdowns and 20 picks. He's done. His career as a starter is over. I would agree with that. But that's not the point that we're currently at. He got benched one game. He was on, I mean, right after they picked up his option. That's tough. Yep. Let us know what you guys think the outcome is going to be on uh, Sam Darnold. Uh, Mike, anything else that you took away from that week? 
Um, I mean, there were a few games that I was kind of trying to decide between to talk about because there were a few just with like little quick hitter storylines. Um, it's kind of fun to see Henry Ruggs and Devontae Smith with their little post game celebration. Yep, Pre game, post game celly. Um, I did watch the entirety of the Saints and Seahawks game on Monday night. How? How? Because I needed Alvin Kamara to get 27.9 points <laughs> and he got 28.1 and I won my fantasy matchup. That's how. Um, That's just bad foot. That was horrible football. It was not entertaining at all, other than me screaming at the TV, just give the ball to Alvin. Um, if, if you're Russell Wilson, seeing now what that team looks like without you, do you not hold all the leverage in the world? Did you hear what Chris Collinsworth said? What? Chris Collinsworth, like, I think he, uh, someone needs to check on that man. Because well, never he's, he's broadcasting the Seahawks game, and he goes, who would have thought that Russell Wilson was such an impactful player on the Seattle's? <laughs> I did. Everybody, everybody, everybody thought that. Everyone, you. Mm. But yeah, I, we talked about this last week as well. I'm kind of over the that crew. Collinsworth is awful when he broadcasts. I listen. Oh, I did watch it with uh, Peyton and Eli too. That's where I go now, yep. and I think they are a, a a a product of his inability to retain. When he was the only thing on TV, I used to have to watch Monday Night Football on mute. Yep. No, and you're not the only one. I've I've watched plenty of Vikings games, actually, even on mute with the radio on the in the background. So, um, Cardinals Texans. Some former Texans went and got their revenge in D Hop and JJ Watt. Unfortunately, JJ Watt is going to be out the rest of the season. Now. Texans got their revenge. I mean, I guess. <laughs> um, Falcons Dolphins. Yeah. Gabe says, never liked uh, Collinsworth, so smug, always amazed that people don't talk more about it. They just don't even want to utter his name, Gabe. Which we're not going to do. Well, we already have. No, not anymore. Um, Falcons-Dolphins was actually kind of an entertaining game down the stretch there. That's because Tua makes every game entertaining by making at least one of the worst throws I've ever seen every week. And then uh, Justin Fields showed that I was correct and you were wrong again. Whoa, 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 whoa. Moving on. To I week said. Eight. I said before the season. I said moving on to week eight. I said before the it's season declared that, and we'll go back and check the tape. <laughs> that Ohio State quarterbacks can't play professional football. Hey Nick, why don't you tell our fans who uh, who you picked up for your fantasy quarterback? Tyrod Taylor got hurt. I needed Justin Fields. All right, so you picked up Justin Fields. I did. Let's move on to week eight. Whatever. Let us know what you guys think about all these uh, takes from last week in the comments. As always, looking forward to getting back to you. Um, but uh, let's start with tonight's uh, Thursday night football game. Mike, what is your uh, Peyton and Eli are elite? They are. So much football knowledge. I understand now why Peyton has a six head. Well, and just their guests, too. Like, while we're t- talking about this, I thought Marshawn Lynch was absolutely awesome. Pouring up shots of Henny mid-broadcast? I love that. Yeah, and the admission that he used to do a shot and a half before games. And this, this just the clips, even, that they pull. Yeah. Um, pretty good. Doesn't feel like longer than 10 years ago that he drove the cart. After, yeah. After that game. That was only 10 years ago. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. That feels like 15, 17 years ago. Yeah. But all right. On to week eight. So Thursday night football tonight, Green Bay Packers versus the Arizona Cardinals. Um, my pick is definitely the Cardinals to win. Yeah. By how much? This line has shifted drastically in the last 48 hours with the admission that Devontae Adams and Lazard are both going to be out. So as much as I despise the homeless man 
from Wisconsin. Um, he throws a pretty good pigskin. Does he? So I'm going to say Arizona by seven. Hey, Gabe, can you just Google real quick what the line is and tell it to me? Because it opened at three and a half. I'm going to say Arizona by yeah, seven. Yeah, sure. Um, I think this is going to be a boat race. And Arizona does have a pretty good defense, though. Uh, I mean, like uh, one where the Green Bay Packers don't even get their boat started. Oh. Okay. This is good. Look at that offense. We talked about it last week. How many yards did Aaron Jones have? 19 on six carries. And who does Aaron Rodgers throw the ball to? Um, pretty much Devontae Adams. He does target Tanyan and Lazard quite a bit as well. But those guys are uncovered because of the attention that Devontae Adams gets, right. no? And and the Cardinals secondary, especially with Real not good. having to cover Devontae Adams, it's... uh. It's a tough matchup for the Packers, don't get me wrong. Here's the thing. It's it's one of those things as a Vikings fan that you kind of hate to admit because I, I really do not like this guy. But you can never doubt 12. I agree. And he's going to keep them as in this game as he wants to keep them. As literally humanly possible. I No, I think it's all up to how badly he... Think about, did they fold up against New Orleans when things got hard? I mean, yeah. If things get hard against Arizona, you don't think that Aaron Rodgers is going to fold the fuck up? They might. He always he in in moments like that, he's like, ah, can't win them all. There's always next week. There's yep. always next week. You know, we'll play harder. We'll regroup. Da, 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 da. He'll come onto the Pat McAfee show and talk about, oh, it's hard to you know win these games on short rest. You know, Devontae Adams wasn't there, and you know, fuck the criticism and do, do, whatever he's going to say. So what's it at now? Yeah. So it's shifted a whole three points. It's not that large of a shift. For a receiver, it is. For a receiver to be out, usually you see that kind of shift if a I mean, quarterback goes probably down. the best receiver in the NFL, though. Yeah, but behind Stephon Diggs. But uh, D-Hop's up there, too. That, yeah, that's true. But I, I just I have a hard time looking in. We're thinking offense versus offense right now. Let's talk about Arizona's offense versus that atrocious Green Bay defense. You think that Kyler, Kyler Murray is going to throw for 400 yards tonight, if you ask me? He could. He has the ability to He's chuck that prime ball too. all over the field, right? And I don't think they have anybody on that def- on that defense that if Kyler could also probably run for a hundred if he wanted to. They don't have a containment. They don't have a linebacker that can contain like that, right? If they're going to play Jalen Smith, Kyler Murray is going to put him in knots. That is not a smart linebacker. Whitney Merciless, while I I agree that he is a a, a good linebacker, a little old at this point in his career. He's not keeping up with Rondell Moore, Zach Ertz, AJ Green, and DeAndre Hopkins or Chase Edmonds out of the backfield, or Kyler Murray on read options. This is going to be ugly and very telling of who the, the, the Packers are. And they better be careful because guess who they have, or guess where they got to go after this week? They got to go into Arrowhead with Kansas City painted into a corner. They could lose two straight games here. It's the Vikings' opportunity to get right back into the division race. So if the Packers win the next two weeks, how like pissed off would you be? Extremely. All right, uh, next game is the noon game, Cleveland versus Pittsburgh. Yeah, this is uh, this Case is where Keenum led Cleveland Browns, right? Or is Baker back now? Baker's taken all the reps with the ones this week, the majority of the reps with the ones this week. Okay. This is going to be the game where if Baker wants to make some money, he's going to make his money. This is his opportunity. Ragging on the- I don't even know why I've been defending the Steelers the way that I have. I'm not exactly like a Steelers fan. I love just, Tomlin. You just freaking rip on him. No, I love Tomlin. This is going to be Baker's opportunity to make money. We know through the course of this season, when it comes down to him needing to throw the football to win a football game, 
he hasn't been able to make the big play. This is a big game too because the Browns are four and three, Steelers are sitting at three and three. Exactly. So if do you, the Steelers win this game, are you going to admit that I was like half right? Yeah, I'll say half right. Woo! But I'll also admit that Baker's not the quarterback of the future for the Browns. I will go that far. He needs to strap up. This is this is his opportunity to be a franchise quarterback do to you get think, them over the hump. Do you think part of the problem is they're almost too conservative in their play calling? No, because that's not Stefanski's mo. That's a Baker thing. No, that's kind of Stefanski's M.O. Mm, I don't know about that. What makes you say that? Look look at what he did when he was in Minnesota. It was run on first and second down, throw on third, punt. He's also got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Would you not run on first and second down? I mean, you also have Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. And a pretty good freaking tight end crew. And a quarterback, in my opinion, who can get it done if you instill confidence in him in the play calling. I don't, but that's the thing. It's like, oh, sorry, Baker, it's third and eight. Uh, you want to make a play? Oh, you didn't make the play? What the hell? You suck so much. Six, what's, what's wrong with you? Six and one next, half. Next drive. Yards. Run for a yard. Run for a yard. Hey, Baker, it's third and eight. You want to make a play? Oh, you didn't make the play again? Gosh, you suck so much. Six and one half a dozen of the other, from, if you're asking me, because if I'm the coaching staff, as much as I would like to unleash the playbook, based on what they see in practice every day, maybe they just don't have the faith that he's going to be able to make the play. I, I can't he believe a, that that's true. I he's just, got I a gunslinger's mentality. I that that's true, and, to be honest with you. I agree. Baker's an incredible motivator. I think he's a good locker room guy. I think he's... Let's in, not forget this man won the Heisman. He's an extremely talented football player. He's also inherently accurate on everything that he does with the football. His decision-making skills are still not where they need to be help to be a guy that wants to make $35 million to $40 million a year plus, which is what he's coaching. aiming for. I think that's coaching. I really do. I don't know about that. Stefanski was the coach of the year last year. It doesn't mean he's a QB guru. That's also true. So I'm just looking at NFL standings. Sorry, side note. Go ahead. Jets have scored 80 points in six games. That's so bad. And they're Wilson. <laughs> they traded to get Joe Flacco from the Eagles, where Gardner Minshew was and available. How nuts is that? Oh, they're the Jets. They're idiots. I feel so bad for Rich Eisen, who is a massive Jets fan. Eh. But what do you think the outcome is going to be of that Cleveland-Pittsburgh game? Just to piss you off, I'm going to say Pittsburgh by three. I got Pittsburgh by ten. You just think it's going to be... Okay. This is one of your days where I just have to ignore what you, you say. hold my hand? I am trying to hold your hand because I'm worried about you. Okay, so the three o'clock game. We're going to talk Washington football team versus Denver. Okay. Um, the reason I wanted to talk about this game is because both of these teams came out of the gates hot, looking like good football teams. Denver has now lost four straight. They started 3-0. They're 3-4. Washington is sitting at 2-5. Um, can either... So, what's here, wrong with... Here's the first question that I'll ask you. Who is this a must-win for more? I don't think it's a must-win for either one of them. I think their seasons are already over. So... In the weak NFC East, yes. where the Cowboys can have a Cowboys meltdown and finish 8-9. and nine, mm. Which is starting on Sunday. The Monday. Washington football team could go 3-5 and five and get a, good, uh, get a win against an okay football team. Denver, conversely, can... Let's look at the AFC West standings. Again, I just, just don't remind think... Me. Denver just can't... I don't so think in the they AFC West, with the three teams that are in their division. Are, in there. are you even putting the Chiefs in that conversation, though? Yeah, because if it comes, they have to the same record as the Chiefs right now. Wow, they're both sitting at three and four. So if Denver wins, 
they could hop Kansas City. Chargers yeah, are four you, and two and very that's inconsistent. Not gonna, that's not going to stay. You They're know inconsistent that. as hell, though. You, I think uh, resistance is futile for both teams in this situation. So okay, Washington. I think it's I a must win. One, if Denver wants to be a playoff team, I think it's a must win for them more because the it, NFC East is such a dumpster fire that Washington could go two and six and somehow still find a way. Right, which is why I would say it, if I had to pick one, it would need to be Washington, and it would need to be now because this is a beatable football team. Okay, look at the way that the that are the pass rushers that Washington has, and the way that the Raiders teed off on Teddy Bridgewater should be the same game plan. Yeah, should be the exact same game plan. Go in there, beat the crap out of them, mug their receivers, hold time of possession. Win the football game. Now, we talked about this about a month ago. What's your opinion on Taylor Heineke now? Hey, bottle full of green good stuff. I still am. I love him. I, he's a great. He's a gamer. Like, I think he had 250, a ton, and 100 yards, 100 rushing. yards rushing against the Packers. So, yeah, big fan of Taylor Heineke. Big um, ups to him. Moving on, uh, we did already touch on the Sunday night game. If you missed it, you can go back and listen to our Vikings Now segment where we highlighted the Sunday, October 31st, Halloween night, Cowboys scare tactic yeah. game so, against Dallas coming to town here. Um, so we're going to hop right over that, go to Monday night football. Yeah, uh, Kansas City versus New York. I'm going to go as far to say two below average football teams right oh, now. Wow. Right now. Right now, Kansas City is below average. Okay. I mean, I would agree. They're, they're, the way that they address every game or the way that they play once they're on the – on paper. They're remember, one of the best teams. Our season the predictions the had them losing maybe three or four games. Mm-hmm. And they're already there. Which is insane to me. But my worry is, are they getting Saquon back this week? I'm not sure. But the Giants just beat up on a team 25-3 to because that team turned the ball over. And Kansas City, well, Kansas City has been doing a lot. Patrick has eight picks in his last eight games. Yeah. Dude, if they get Saquon back with the way that they play the run, the Giants could absolutely hold serve. They could sideline Mahomes. Could they steal this? They could win this game. And the alarms yeah. are going off. Bro, the world, right if New York beats Kansas City in a primetime game by any margin, Kansas the City internet would drop is to going three and to five. erupt. Kansas City would drop to three and five. Hold, who goes first? Because you know seats are going to start to get hot with the expectation that the Chiefs. Well, I think that's a little premature because if they do win it, they're sitting at four and four and can turn it around. No, I agree. But if they lose, I mean, you got to look at Andy Reid. No defensive coordinator. I don't. I don't know, man. You have that much talent, and you're the head. They put up three points last week. Yeah, that's not great. (laughs) It's so bad. I ragged on the I ragged on the Chargers for only putting up six the week previous. So by standard, they're not. Yeah, this is not. God, this looks so bad. Why is this year in football so weird? Why does everything look so strange? I don't know. It's, it's an odd year. It's, it is just. It's really weird because like games that you don't think are going to be close are like down to the wire, and then games that you think are going to be close are twenty-seven to three Titans over Chiefs. Like, what? <laughs> What do you think the score will be of this primetime game there, Mike? I'll let you I'll let you I'll give you 
a Saquon. I am going to say Saquon or no Saquon. I am going to say Kansas City 24, New York 17. Okay, I had it 14-17 Kansas City. Okay. So we still both think the Chiefs are going to win. Not by much. And not convincingly either. Yeah. Um, If you're a Chiefs fan. So is this a product of Patrick Mahomes having to do too much? I think, again, it's kind of what they're doing offensively, right? So I think the toughest teams to stop are teams that are unpredictable. Yes. And teams that pick up four to five yards every play. Like, if your goal is to pick up five yards every single play and you just march, it's really tough to stop because we don't know if you're going to run the ball. We don't know if you're going to throw a bubble, slant. We don't know if you're going to have a QB run. But your goal needs to be to pick up four to five yards every single play. Yeah, I agree. Kansas City gets behind the sticks too much and then brings in, to your point, asking Patrick Mahomes to do too much, which Mm -hmm. this year has led to turnovers instead of the big plays that we've, we've been accustomed to. Yeah. I would agree. That's just so I think again it's kind of on Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. To put them in a position to be ahead of the sticks, that's when you're able to take your shot on second and short. Take your shot. Yeah. But to have like Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and, and Josh and... Gordon, like you have way too many weapons to not just get the ball to into your weapons' hands and let them get. Four yards here. Josh Five Gordon, yards here. All of a sudden, Travis Kelsey breaks tackle. He's going for 30. Josh Gordon used to be an across-the-middle machine. Right. So there's some gotta problems figure it out. there. Yep. They got to figure it out in Kansas City. Uh, let us know what you guys think. Some of the headlines are going to be coming out of week eight. Um, excited to have Vikings football back on my television. Watch the uh, Dallas Cowboys get their asses kicked. And uh, if you want to attack me do for that, go Jake ahead. you to keep watching the show? God damn. I do. Okay. Just keep talking trash about his Cowboys. Uh, but now we can go to uh, Mike's first installment of our new segment and my second, the Wild Wolf Watch, where we break down uh, what is kind of like our Vikings then and now segment. Some of the things that we've seen from the team so far and what we're going to be looking at on their schedule moving forward. Actually, if you want to pull up both their schedules, that would be helpful. Um, what do you think of the uh, red hot Minnesota Wild team to start the year? Five and one? Five and one. Um, With, and without career goals. Zero. None. Thus far. Zilch. <clears throat> but he's still making plays. Yes. He's still facilitating. He's still getting in open space. Yeah. Um, I don't know exactly how many points he has currently, but um, I want to say like four or five assists on the year. Yeah. Um, he's still the best player that we have. By a long shot. But what I've liked to see is... The other young guys around him are stepping up. Um, this team is fun to watch. Their energy is high. This is basically what we talked about a couple months ago as the best case scenario, right? Yeah. Um, we knew we kind of flipped the script with our average age. It's can we figure out how to win games? Because especially with a young group, winning can be very, very contagious. Yeah, it can be. And I think that's what has infected the locker room up to this point. There's a couple of things. And now I feel like I am a good person to speak on hockey for the average Joe because I'm not a, I never played. I'm not a lifelong fan. I've, I've just kind of been a, a, a watcher of, of wild hockey uh, periodically. But now, obviously, as we have the show, we, we watch a little bit more. Some of the things that I've taken away are the speed difference between what we were able to play at pace-wise continuously, lines one through four right. this year versus what we played in the playoffs as last year is so evident. Yep. Because it, we're cutting guys off at mid-ice instead of at our blue line is where we're getting our, our, our 
our turnovers, our interceptions, our, our poking the puck loose on defense. And it's turning into guys coming out of the box or, you know, on line changes hot and getting wide open opportunities. All of this happening without your main guy, you know, really scoring points at this point. Now, and if you take away through the first six games of the season, the one game where we played our backup quarterback or our backup uh, goalie who let in 25% of his shots on goal that night, we could very easily be a 6-0 and team. Right. And to know that that is the case and like, you know, Mats and Fiala are playing extremely well together on that second line and it's the depth. I think by the time teams get to the third period with us, they have pretty much absorbed an onslaught of offensive and we traded away some defense to get it because obviously we're letting up a few more goals early in games this year, which we can stop as well by just starting a little bit hotter. But it, it's almost like they get to the third period and the other teams just don't want to deal with us anymore. I mean, They've it's an offensive so much barrage coming. that teams just cannot hold off for three periods, right? It's And it's so impressive. And and by the way, I think it was, uh, I don't remember if it was, it was Fiala. I'm going to give a gigantic shout out to him because he played the greatest portion of defense I have ever seen from a hockey player ever stickless on a penalty kill the other night where he gave up his body like four or five different times. He did the splits to stop a puck. They wound up scoring. I didn't even care. Right. The effort, that level of effort and commitment to your hockey team is awesome to watch. And the X has been rocking at home. Uh, Gabe, can you put that, that schedule back up for us one more time as we take a look forward into what they got coming up uh, before next Thursday? So before next show, they will have the Kraken. Yep. Who don't look great. They got their first win at home. Congratulations to them. Always good to see an expansion team get their first dub. We should beat them, though. Should beat them, yep. And then we have the Avalanche on Saturday. Yeah. Um, and then the Senators next Tuesday. So my prediction is probably 2-1 and one before our next show. Yeah, I would agree. And I think that's the pace that they should continue to keep. Right. Like, if you can find... I mean, even if we, you know, bring the Avalanche to o OT to steal a point. Yeah. But... The Avalanche are pretty good. No, they are good. And I think that's one where, like, um, it, when we, when you play Seattle, if you want to get that, you know, the goalie, you want to get Talbot some rest, get him some rest against Seattle. Make sure he's ready to go for the high-profile games. Win the games you're supposed to win. Win the important games, the one where you're supposed to impose your will on other good hockey teams so they know who you are. You know what I mean? And, man, just think about how good this offense is going to be when other teams' defenses actually have to pay attention to Kirill's ability to score goals. Oh, it's coming. It, it will come. Yep. It's going to draw so much attention. Patrick tonight against Kraken to open scoring, maybe? Ooh. Look at Mike. Confidence If it, if it happens, I'm a wizard, Harry. All right. I'm a wizard, Harry. <laughs> so we're what? We're predicting the uh, Wild to come into next week's show. Seven and two. Seven and two. Wow. Look at the hope. Let's go for the state of hockey, right? We represent out here. Well, we're trying to. I am. I don't okay. know where your team pride was today. Well, he's got these Vikings gear on, so I guess I can give him some credit. Let us know what you guys think uh, about the Minnesota Wild um, moving into their next couple of games and what you saw through the first six. Super excited for them to be hot. Always, As always, looking forward to uh, responding to your guys' comments in the section below. And we can change on over to uh, the Minnesota Timber Puppies. Timberwolves. So you said I wasn't going to like what you had to say. So let's just get that out of the way first. So first and foremost, great win. Going into Z Milwaukee. Z wins. No, 
I'm going to focus on this one. The singular win. Going in, because honestly, we should be undefeated right now. Yeah. The fact that the Zionless Pelicans beat us Bad. really pissed me off. And you know what? It pissed off everybody in the locker room. Good. That's not a good team. You shouldn't lose to them. Anthony Edwards was very outspoken most of that game. Uh, there was a report that came out, and I wish I could give credit to who it was on Twitter. I'll go back and get them in the comments section here. Um, saying that when Anthony Edwards uh, went into practice the following day, we had, a, we had a day off before traveling over to Milwaukee to play this game, uh, that he and Pat Bev played with the threes against our starters, and they won. Yep. And Anthony Edwards walked off the court saying, you can't fucking win without me. I like that mentality. And it showed in this game. It showed up late in this game. So let me ask you this right now. And I'm pretty sure I've asked you this a couple different times on this show. And honestly, once probably with uh, our good old classic MN Sports Talk show. Gotcha. Anthony Edwards or LaMelo? Because I remember what your answer has been. You know what? I'll, I'll, Is it I'll starting give it, to turn a little I'll bit? I'll give it a coin flip now. Yeah. Only because. Told only you. because. Higher upside. Only because I think what he is able to do late in ball games, getting to the bucket as the Timberwolves closer with the pieces he has around him is going to, it's, it, he's got the most points through 40 games in, in Timberwolves history mm -hmm. to include cat, Kevin Garnett, some of the greats that we have had. And, you know, you look late in this game, you know, we, we come out, we score 44 points in the first quarter. The Bucks are the defending champs, yep. right? And and Gabe was asking me before the show about you know championship hangovers. I don't necessarily believe in them too greatly in the NBA because a lot of those teams return to late playoff runs, yeah. In you know later in the season, um, but they draw this game all the way back to one hundred three to one hundred six, you know, with 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 two minutes left or like a minute and some change left, and Ant says, "Give me the fucking rock," takes it to the hoop, draws the end or or, or puts it in. And then I think he gets an and one on it and, and kind of puts the nail in the coffin. I this mean, going is, around Chris Middleton too, who is no slouch on defense. No. And Giannis is always lurking and they right. play like they play that's in on the road to yeah. do that in Milwaukee. I see him beginning to develop this killer instinct, this, I'm not going to let my team lose. I will not be embarrassed. I will drag this lifeless team across the finish line if I have to. And that's what all of our teams, you know, it, it seems have been missing you know, whether that be the Wild or the Twins or the Vikings or the Timberwolves, you know, through the, the bulk of the 2000s, you know, the 2010s, and, and he's developing into that. And the other piece of this, I think, is both the Wild and the Timberwolves have been a uh, product of good defense. They set a, a franchise record in the second game, the first game against the Pelicans, and they had 25 turnovers in their best game. And they got guys in the locker room saying right now, we play the best defense in the NBA. You'd be hard-pressed for anybody to disagree right now. You ready for the warning signs? Yeah, let's have them. We were up by 10 with four minutes left. Yeah. <clears throat> warning sign. Close the game out. Mm -hmm. Don't let it get close. I agree. If you just look at the box score from the Milwaukee game, okay, I want you to guess how many rebounds Carl Anthony Towns had. Not enough. Three. Yeah. I did notice that. Late in that, like our rebounding late was awful. Now, McDaniels has done a good <laughs> job to stem the tide in some of that stuff. But Cat, you are a big ticket, big money, all-star level player. You it's it's on him to come up with those plays. We cannot, in my opinion, <clears throat> sorry, we cannot, in my opinion, move forward continuing to win games with Cat putting up sat lines like 25, 5, and 3. 
got to be he's got to be a double double and that guy it's got to be a double double right um the other thing that is a little concerning to me is i understand that we have a big three now yep i get that but the percentage of our scoring coming from our big three is a little too high in my opinion I would agree. There was a lot of talk about that coming off that New Orleans game. That So they had 79 of our 113. And in the initial game, they had 75. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game against Houston, and me and Tevin talked about that. Now, if they're going to do that night in and night out, awesome. Like, if we can guarantee that 60 right. points the worry, is the floor. The worry that I have with it is it's not consistent, right? Or sustainable. Exactly. Right? <laughs> You're going to face other teams that have really good defenses, and they're going to find a way to limit the scoring of one of your two, and then what does that turn into? You know, How do you continue to respond from that? Bright side is, I have liked what I have seen from guys like McDaniels. I have liked what I have seen from guys like Vanderbilt. Um, who's the uh, Pat Bev um, has facilitated the offense well when he has been on the floor, so there are some bright spots there. But like I said, coming off of that New Orleans game, the big talking piece was, we get it, we have a big three now. But D'Angelo is a point guard. He needs to generate offense for the rest of the floor. Agreed. Cat is a post that draws attention. Sometimes he needs... There were two times, three times in that that final push last night where he got the ball in the post, and there were guys open in the corner where if he wants to be paid and respected like a guy like you know Nikola Jokic, you got to make that pass. So your guys can drain that bucket and put the fucking game away. It's not just you. I, I get that you wear a lot of the, that they think they wear a lot of the pressure, but even Jordan gave the ball up to win championships. Yep. You got to learn to do it. Got to learn to do it. Yeah. I mean, and don't get me wrong. I'm still high on the Wolves. I, I'm very, I'm very happy that I made the bet that I did. However, there's just a few, like, what's the social media trend right now going around? You know, all the red flags, right? So there's there we're passing red flags as we're moving throughout the regular season here. Um, and I'm just, just basically pointing them out. It's okay. I'm here to I'm here to spray paint them green as we drive by. All right. So let us know what you think about the Wild and the Wolves moving oh, forward. Wait, we should probably pick apart the schedule before. Uh, um. Yeah. Before I mean, that's Thursday. that's pretty quick. Like, yeah. I can I can shout out to the fans and tell them to let us know, and then I'll tell them what I what I think. Okay. Right. Yeah. So let us know or what you think about the Timberwolves moving forward with the red flags. Um, that we see coming. So on Saturday, the Wolves will take on the Denver Nuggets. Another big game. On Monday, they will take on the Orlando Magic. And on Wednesday, the day before you see our beautiful faces again, they will see the Los Angeles Clippers. As uh, what looks like going to become a back-to-back against them. Yep, they will play the Clippers again on Friday, but we will be able to highlight that for next you week next, next week's show. So I'm going to say two and one as well. Yes. Yeah, and, would... and I'm not going to pick which games just because I think we beat the Magic. Yeah. And I think the Nuggets and Clippers are kind of toss-ups. So I'm going to say we claim one of them. You you have to, right? Yep. If you want to continue to be If you want to continue to get momentum. And, and considered as somebody who's going to make a run and be a team. I know it's early in the season. There's 82 games, da, da, da. But the, the, the Timberwolves need to be in a place where they're not going to wind up in a battle for an eights, you know, the, right. the eight, the play-in games, right? I would like to see them get spots one through six. It'd be very nice. Um, I don't think it's super I feasible. Think, but... I think seven or eight is where we land. I think we're going to be right around that that 500 mark. Yep. The bet was 500, right? Or it was the, playoffs. The bet was playoffs. Okay. So Playoffs? I'm going to say 40, 42 and 40 right in there. Um, I'd love for them to prove me wrong and, and win more games. Yeah. 
But I'm going to say 42 and 40, 43 and 39 right in there, probably right around the eight seed. I would like to see them take <clears> the next two games, use the momentum they got from Milwaukee. And then if, you, if you're going to give up a game, give it up to the Clippers. Because you're going to get the, a second crack at them, you know, following nights. But Denver, sure. Denver is a team that is in your your division or your conference or whatever. You got to be loaded them. with talent, in my opinion. And they're still without Murray. Yep. You know what I mean? So you got they are weakened. Step on the throat. Go get that win. Take care of business. See how you fare against the Clippers, who play really stout defense, just like you do. That should be a low scoring affair. So, so two and one. Again, let us know what you think. Moving forward, uh, the week for the Minnesota Timberwolves and the week for the Minnesota Wild. Yes, sir. Always looking forward to hearing from you. Now we can move on to Gabe's favorite segment of the show. The, uh, degener- this is how Gabe Let's actually make makes money. his money. This, <laughs> this is Gabe's source of income right here. That's how he funds this studio, folks, yep. is through our degenerate gambling problem and the big money pick of the week. Mike, dude, were you able to find one? I Honestly, I agree with you. <laughs> Chargers versus Patriots. Yep. Spreads at five and a half, uh, money line plus one ninety five. Chargers minus two ninety four. Over under forty nine points. Um, and I'm taking I'm, the Pats. I'm going to take the Pats too. And I don't know if the Pats will win the game. No, but I will take them to cover the spread. Exactly. And they can right? run and the that's, football. That's a big part of betting that you know who, people who don't bet a lot maybe not don't understand. Right. Um, as long as the Patriots are basically within five points here, you win the bet. Which. Bill keeps his teams in most games. Right. And the Chargers' weakness is what? Their run defense. Right. Well, the Patriots can definitely run the fucking well, that, football. And I, and I think Bill will do a, a good job of confusing Herbert. Yes. In, in, Still, the, in the passing game as well. So I'm going to say Chargers win the game, but by three. So the bet is I'm going to pick Patriots. Over under of 49, I am going to say under. Yeah, I will take the under as well. I will take the Chargers uh, or the the... I'm going to take the Chargers to win, but I'm going to take the uh, Pats to The cover. money line of the Pats, yeah. Gabe, what are your thoughts? How much are we putting in on this? A hundred bucks. A mm. hundred bucks each? I mean, I'm going to put in a hundred bucks. Normally, I, I just don't love this one. Okay. I don't know why. Uh, just, you know, it's not that whatever. I don't know. Chargers Five have been half, struggling just, a little bit. I mean, I like the over-under. You know, I like taking the under, I guess, but that's it. I mean, Gabe, would it? Would it help you if I told you that the Chargers are coming off a bye week and they just lost to the Ravens before that bye week, 34 to 6? And they gave up three rushing touchdowns to guys that were pro bowlers in 2016. Right. I can't believe that Nick hasn't brought up his favorite thing. What's that? Are we going to talk about the travel schedule? I mean, well, they had the bye in between. So yeah, so so they actually traveled to Kansas City about halfway there, right. and then they're uh, they're in the wagon <laughs> currently, you know, getting to Foxborough. So an RV, yeah. yeah. Hey, RV caravan. Likes, it's like a tour bus, folks. They call them the Gray Nomads, moving the across the country. <laughs> no, but it should be it should be a good game. I mean, there wasn't really other ones to to gamble on. Um, I did this for Tevin. a lot of them are kind of up in the air. Other than that, year. though, everything yeah. yeah, everything is tight this year. Um, in game betting, there are always some things that I can just kind of point out right away, which we don't have here in the state of Minnesota yet. But assume that Kirk is going to throw a pick this week. So if the over under is half or one and a half, Kirk probably going to throw a pick against the guy who's got the most interceptions in the NFL so far. I think What's that's the a pretty Vikings safe line. That's a great Should question. I, look it up? I don't bet on those games because that just makes me even more upset when it doesn't go my way. 
Um, but that's a good one. Um, you could also you could also bet on tonight's game. Arizona versus Green Bay would not be a bad game to bet on. Take Aaron for his under on passing yards. Take Kyler Murray probably on the over, depending on what the, the line is on something like that. Um, and then Aaron Jones probably to go over for rushing yards because they're going to have limited weapons on the offensive side of the ball for Green Bay. So they're like some in-game picks that we are going to get more into, I hope, as Minnesota finally legalizes sports gambling sometime before I die. Um, but those are some other things that you could put some So, on. Gabe. I, I got the Vikings coming up here, too. Did you see one and a half? I didn't. But what are the odds? Is it even worth it to bet? Is that what it is? I, I see the line as... Uh, Cowboys minus one and a half. Ooh, look at that over under. The over under is the highest over under. Oh, so they have two and a half. Okay. Not much difference, though. FanDuel. The guys that I would like to sponsor this show. Intent, wink, wink. Come find me. Um, Look at the odds to win Super Bowl. (laughs) Jesus. Um, Not great. The over under for this game is actually the highest over under for the week out of all the games. That's because um, we have a porous run defense. So far this season, only two great. Vikings games have combined for over 55, both of which came on the road. Take the under. Um, I actually like the under there. Conversely, Porter's all but one of Dallas's games this year has encroached 55. So that's why I would stay away from that game. You would have no idea where that's going to land. It's not at a snapshot. I would have to I think do it's going to be a sloppy game. We're going to play to each other. You, you know, like it'll be a tight game and all that stuff, but I think they'll – It'll be sloppy. It seems like whenever we play the Cowboys, it's sloppy or a blowout <laughs> or or a one-sided blowout. But yeah, yeah. either way, that doesn't hit the uh, the over. Mm-mm. That's my favorite bet. All right. Gabe likes to bet I'm on his hometown in. teams. I, I do. I, I like it. I like I it. Um, so there is uh, that. Um, so I had the Pats. You had the Pats. Gabe wants everybody to bet on the Vikings. All in. Let us know what you guys think. As always, I'm waiting for somebody to win something. 10% comes back to the house, folks. You gotta know, pay for gotta pay for advice. I give I gotta give a shout out to K Fan. And I think next year we do the game that they do, the spread pick'em game. Hmm. Um so basically every week. So Gabe, I would I would actually like to do it almost exactly the way that they do. So you would pick two games and you pick the spread. So if you picked the Patriots, right? If yeah. the Patriots win by three, you would get eight points. Yep. Right? And so far and so on and we would each pick two games per week but you can't pick the same game huh and then we would keep our we did something like that when we worked at experience yeah we did something very similar and then like you add up your spread points throughout the year and that's how you that's how you would win yeah we might have something interesting like that for next year um but let us know what you guys think the big money picks of the week are where you're going to make all of your cash i'm not betting at all i have no monies what do you mean? You have a kid. You got to make some money. Yeah. Exactly why I can't bet my money on Just NFL win. football. Just don't bet Just your win, child. <laughs> Just win, baby. All, day All right. Here. Uh, let's move on to the glass half topic of the day and the last topic of today's show. This is so weird. Nick wants to talk about the Tua and Watson drama. This has gotten super messy. See, I see this as the, the regular smoke and mirrors NFL season like nothing is gonna happen from this and it's just speculation NFL drama Gabe can you pull the tweet up that I put on the run sheet that I did not give Mike access to for a reason oh my gosh yep yep I'm just pulling it up right now just somebody tweeted something somebody did tweet something 
Should I go on Twitter right now and say, Kirk Cousins is headed to Denver? <laughs> Are we getting Teddy in return? Nope. Damn it. All right, here it comes. We're going to start Kellen Mond. So here's what was reported from a report of a reporter. So this is like third-hand information the other day uh, from Barry Jackson uh, on Twitter. While Houston Chronicle reports Dolphins and Texans have agreed to a trade or have agreed to trade compensation if the Dolphins get the legal clarity slash Goodell clarity that they need, which they got. Roger Goodell said that if he were to be traded, he's still eligible to play because their investigation did not lend to anything that would put him on the commissioner's exempt list. Um, da, 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 they need to make a Watson trade. Second, second is second huge ifs what cbs two HQ? huge ifs yeah two huge ifs there we go the legal clarity and goodell clarity gotcha. are the two huge ifs gotcha. but cbs headquarters reports the teams have not agreed on trade compensation that's your eleven fifty six a.m watson update so since then that report came out obviously dolphins had media somebody asked tua if he felt wanted at uh you know in miami right now and he said i don't not feel wanted with that pause. I, and I know that's like, we're nitpicky and it's, it's us like getting into the breaking news reporting thing. If you were Tua on a team, that's one in five right now that is struggling to win football games. And you're wondering week in week out, if a guy who has 22 legal sexual assault cases against him is going to come in and steal your job, would it not be hard to perform? Would it not, would it be difficult to feel wanted around your teammates every single day? I think I think he needs to focus on being a professional. I think he needs to focus on doing his job. I don't think that they lost to Atlanta because of him. I think that they had a chance to beat Atlanta because of him. Um, I think the the easy way out would be for him to retire, which has I once again, tweets on this subject were posted and deleted yesterday. There was one that came out that said Tua has been contemplating retirement. To work on his mental health. Was that from a blue egg person on Twitter? Nope. Okay. From a blue check person on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Wish I was able to be able to pull mm -hmm. it. Yep. Sure. Um, I don't know, man. I Like I said, I view this as the drama of the NFL. Is Watson going to wind <laughs> up in Miami? Just an observation. You're not wrong, Gabe. So, producer Gabe, producer's <laughs> observation. Not too many white guys have the name Barry Jackson. Not wrong. It's very I'd true. say he might be the only one. He might. He and might be the only one. He looks unathletic, too. It's, it's like a double whammy. Wow. My well, heart goes out to him. So, <laughs> heart goes out to him, he says. <laughs> well, FLA, you know, Florida sports buzz. It's probably just some... Florida boy. Yeah. I'm an island boy. If you've heard that shit. Maybe that's what he is. Now, here's a question. If Watson was traded right now to Miami, isn't Miami still a bottom feeder? Yeah. Okay, so it doesn't matter. So what are we even talking about here? Why, then why is it <laughs> – this is one of those things. Keep it quiet. Like, why, And they were going to settle on the Deshaun Watson thing. It's the Houston Texans. You know that they run uh, – like they, they read the handbook of how to run an NFL team. And do the exact opposite. And go, I'm going to do the exact opposite. I'm going to trade away my best receiver. I'm going to trade away the cornerstone of my franchise who's been here for 10 years just because. Like, I'm sorry, but can we please stop talking about this? Yeah. Until it happens. I, I mean, well, we're talking about it now because six days from now, it will be over. And I just wanted to get it out there. 
that that it was on our radar. So if you're listening to us, yes, we do pay attention to trade rumors, but some of them I just don't care about. I really don't. I'm sorry. That might be a hot take. It might be a cold take. I just really don't care. <laughs> All right. Well, we got to do the glass half full, glass half empty thing, and I will give you your... The glass is half empty for sports fans who have to listen to this. <laughs> this this trade drama that just eats up like, oh, hey, I just got home from a really tough day at work. I just really want to sit down on the couch, maybe have a beer and watch Sports Center, watch some highlights, maybe check some World Series highlights. You know, you know, maybe, hey, I didn't get to see all the NFL highlights from this past week. Click. And uh, Deshaun Watson may or may not be click. <laughs> right back off. The glass half full for, I don't know, maybe the Texans. I don't know. I think the glass would be most half full for guys like us. They get to talk about it. People are interested in this. I'm right? not happy right now. This is the most unhappy I've actually ever seen Mike on this show, and he has walked off set before. <laughs> um, it's just, I, I hate this stuff. Glass most half empty for Tua, because the more that this goes on, the more... Well, yeah, because he's in a poorly ran organization as well, and they're giving... They're lending credence to all to of the, the drama. Yeah. Yes. Which is, he's played a total of 18 games. And since he has become the full-time starter, PFF has him rated as, graded as the fourth most efficient quarterback. He's not a bad quarterback. NFL. He's not, he has no help around him. None. Absolutely. Like, which is hard to is believe. Okay. Which is hard to believe because they have Waddle and Fuller and. Yeah, Jalen Waddle's a speedster who's young. And Will Fuller. Is a speedster who he's basically like a little bit better Troy Williamson. What about Gasecki? He's a decent tight end. What about Gaskins? Meh. What about the offensive line? Even more meh. <laughs> I mean, I like. Uh... Oh, we got a wrap. There we go. Okay. Good. I'm done talking about this. All right. All right. So thank you. If you are a sports fan with sports friends, make sure to share and, uh, Comment in if you're listening to this show. Uh, catch us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Spotify, and MCN6 on Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Fridays at 7 o'clock. As always, we will be back with you guys next Thursday to break down uh, just how bad the ass beating was of the Dallas Cowboys, um, whether or not Baker made any money against the Browns, and uh, whether or not we won any money on the Patriots. We're going to come back rich. Fantastic. Glad to see you guys. Mike, welcome back. Thanks. We'll break down some high school football next week as well. Yeah, that's a segment that I'm really looking forward to. So if you want some good expertise, we can do that. As always, take care, stay safe, and looking forward to seeing you next week. Nice to have you back, mensing. Thanks.